kind of guy if he brought literally if my sister brought him home I'd be terrified (laughs) (laughs) but he Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. It's been a great Christmas period. I got to enjoy sitting down and doing absolutely nothing. I'm joined here by Tony. It's been it's been great to have a couple of days off, get some time off work, but also being able to just kind of soak in everything, all the news that's come in over the last couple of days and get to talk about it today. How are you doing, Tony? Yeah, good man, good. It's been the kind of usual Christmas madness. Um, I didn't actually get to see a lot of football over the Christmas weekend, to be honest with you, just with various different things that have been going on. So I've been relying on the uh, highlight uh, reels. But yeah, I mean, again, we've seen the Bears looking good at points uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, And again, some of the same issues arising. Um, And part of that is what we're going to talk about today is, is an area of the field where we can try and improve in. And then one of the one of the avenues we can take uh, that we've already taken this season with Chase Claypool, but that's not to say that we can't do the same thing uh, when it comes to the off season uh, in a couple of months' time as well. But yeah, Christmas was great. Um, I'm still in that time period just now where I don't know what day it is because I'm not back at work for another week. So yeah, yeah I think it's Wednesday, Tuesday, something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it is. It is Wednesday because I had a friend ask. Do you want to do something over the next two days? And I'm like, hold on, what day is it? <laughs> I was like, I had no clue. I had to look it up. And that's when you know it's a nice time, when you have yeah. that much time off to where you don't really, you have no idea what day it is, what time it is, but it's good. It's good to yeah. be able to to kind of have a little bit of time off, not care about that, but then also be able to talk about kind of some of the important things that are happening. And we decided that we were going to do the show today because it was something Within our own group, um, everybody knows by now we kind of have a, an offline chat with all the lads that are on the show. And one of the conversations that we've had over the last week is, well, is there a potential that the Bears could actually trade for another wide receiver? We saw the Claypool trade, and I think that could be the main one. But then I think where the Bears currently are slated in the draft, and if they do lose, I think if, if they lose one more game, they're guaranteed a top four pick, right? So it it won't really matter on what else happens. If they lose out, they could have the number one pick or the number two pick. And there's some news that happened today that's going to go into this. There's some other teams um, that could be willing to trade up that they are going to have some of these receivers that we are talking about. Because look, what has happened on teams that have done similar things to the Bears where they were already set up in terms of quarterback-wise, and how they took that next step was trying to get the number one receiver. And we 
I don't think you're not going to get that. I think at the top of the first round in the draft, but is there a potential that one of these trades that they might end up making away from the first pick or second pick in the draft could actually include one of these guys? So look, what we're going to do is I'll play a little video here for the guys we're actually going to be talking about just so you guys can see the background. We'll go through some of the latest stories on each one of these guys because there's I think there's stories on maybe three of the five, which I think are definitely pertinent to what we're going to talk about today. Um, so what I'll do is I'll play the video. There's some stats and all in the video um, for you guys, just if you're watching us on YouTube, to be able to have a look at. If you're listening to us over on audio, make sure that you check it out on YouTube so you can see it. And look, we'll I'll come back in after the video is over and we'll talk through each one of these opportunities, as we'll say, for the Bears. Rack it up, rack it up, I gotta build up the bank to make me a safe house Shake it up, shake it up, she got her hands on her knees and she bringing the cake out Smoke it up, smoke it up, I got some gas, some packs, I'm up in the greenhouse Ball it up, ball it up, I'm with the gang, we taking shots off the rebound Fucking my post the same now, I've been humble too long, yeah. Tell them all to stay calm, yeah. tell them all to move on, yeah. Fucking my post the same now, they be lost in the sauce, yeah. Took a loss, that's your loss, yeah. Had to get my point across, yeah. Heard them lasers talking now and we don't pay that no mind Didn't need to watch and know that I'll be here in no time Put a candle on it at the time Okay, so a little quick one there And the first one that kind of jumps off And I guess the reason why I wanted to talk about this one first And this is before all the news about Derek Carr today um, Was with T Higgins Because recently on, I think it was the Draft Network One of the guys there that was I'm talking about their latest mock draft. Actually had the Bears trading back um, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, you'd have to go very far back here, but in return, you would get a guy like T. Higgins. He mentions, I'm not sure who the writer is. I'll have to look that up. But he does mention that, well, they're going to have to pay Burrow. They're going to have to pay Chase. And they're not too sure if they're going to actually go off and pay T. Higgins who in his own right has played very, very well this year. Is he a clear number one? Is he another kind of number two receiver? There's a lot of debate there. He's definitely an ascending receiver where he, again, if you had a trio of Mooney, Higgins, and Claypool, I don't think you have to really worry about your receiving core. He's definitely one, though, that I think warrants some attention. I don't know how realistic it's going to be to be able to get to that point just because the Bengals right now are slated to pick, I think it's like number 28. So you'd really have to get extra draft capital there. But I guess if you really, really are sure of it, I just don't think the Bears are going to trade where essentially would have traded their top two picks in this draft for two receivers. I, I can't see that happening, but I could see maybe if they tried to swing a different deal, um, possibly i think just based on where the Bengals are in the current draft i don't see this as a likely scenario but he's definitely going to be one of those receivers on the trade block i think he's definitely a guy who i'd like i mean i'd love to have him on the team i think if you had a combination of him um with mooney and in claypool you're looking at a situation where um justin fields has got a lot of options people don't know where the threat's coming from or the biggest threat's coming from because you've got the the 
the uh, the attack coming from all three of those players. But you're right. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen the article, so I'm not I'm not sure what it is. But I'm assuming it's just been a straight up swap first rounds, and then we get Higgins. Basically, for me, that wouldn't be it. Wouldn't be enough. Um, you know, it dropped down the twenty twenty eighth or 29th or whatever it is position they finish in by the end of the year. They drop all the way down for one wide receiver. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think you'd have to at least throw in, you know, first rounder next year, um, plus another second rounder this year, and maybe a second rounder next year as well. It'd have to be a lot to go from, you know, probably pick number two in the draft down, you know, twenty odd spots. Um, and that's not taking anything away from from Higgins because I think he's an excellent player. Um, and it'd be great in the sense that, you know, he wants paid. You know, he's at the end of his rookie deal. He's going to go want he's going to want paid. Um, and the Bears have the money to pay him. Um, so we're in an ideal situation where that would absolutely work. But the only way that the Bengals are giving up the likes of him would be for something significant in a trade. And the only thing the Bears have to offer would be that second overall pick or whatever it is, um, you know, because they're not going to take a second rounder for them because they could probably get a first rounder off another team, whether it be a mid-round first round pick or something like that. I would imagine he would probably still go for that. So I'd, I think for all, I think it would be a great pick to, to, to have him on a team. I think it's probably one of the more unrealistic moves that are, that's going to happen here. Only, as you say, because... There's such a big gap between the second and the 29th or 28th or whatever pick it is. Um, and it's too much for the Bears to give up at this point. Yeah, so the trade that they that they put on their site now, again, I agree. I don't think this is going to be even close to being enough if this was even something that the Bengals tried to do. Um, they basically said that Cincinnati would receive the number two overall pick. The Bears would receive T. Higgins. They would receive the 2023 first round pick, which would be number 28 overall, a 2023 second round pick, and the 2024 third round pick. I just think you're go- if that was something that they tried to do, you'd probably have to be getting a 2024 first round pick, a 2024 yeah. second round pick, and a 2023 second round pick, which again, I don't think the Bengals would want to do. Right. right? Like they could probably. What could- are they moving up for? You know, uh, what, what in the on? draft it, or in the mock draft that they said it was for Will Anderson Jr. Um, I, mean, I, no, I, don't, like, I don't think that's likely either. Neither do I, because look, I think the Bengals probably would like to move on from T. Higgins if they can, um, if they're not going to pay him, and they'd probably want a first round pick for him. But it would probably make more sense for them, for somebody that was in the middle of the first round, because then they're not having to give up quite as much as well. Um, to move up. I do think that it's possible that T. Higgins does move. I just don't see a scenario where he is going to be the guy that the Bengals or the Bears actually target because I think it doesn't really make sense in really any part of it that where they're going to be able to be in range for that target. Um, So realistically, I think where we start for the more realistic kind of trade targets and ones that Bears fans have been talking about. Now, the only thing is, I don't know how the cap is going to work for this next one, but just the way the team is kind of lurking, um, this could be an option. And one of the guys actually in the chat here put it up here. So, all right, with the car news, I'm going total drunk fan. I want Adams now in the offseason. Getsy and Adams are BFFs, I think. 
And normally, I think Ant was the first one in our group chat to me- just mention this, and I think he tweeted it out. And my first reaction was like, nah, that's not going to happen. There's no chance. I looked at the cap hit, and it's ridiculous. Um, but then you hear all these rumblings today of the Raiders are shutting down Derek Carr because they want to trade Derek Carr. So where this does make sense is I know the Raiders don't have one of the worst, like one of the top like five or six picks in the draft. But if they do trade Derek Carr this year, this offseason, there is then the potential to where they could end up having two first round picks. Now, if you did get the number one pick in the draft and they're trading away Derek Carr because they want one of the quarterbacks in this current draft, well, then it could make sense that if you were able to somehow trade back, get one of their first round picks and get a Devontae Adams, well, then it helps you on both fronts. Now, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how realistic that's going to be just because we know what what the draft capital is. If they trade up, if they're trading up for a quarterback, you would think that they would want a number one receiver, but right now they are, they have the ninth pick overall. So they're probably, they're lurking to try and get into that top three. So they are going to be a team that will probably have discussions with the bears this off season. And I would not be surprised if the bears are going to try, if they try to have that involved in that deal somehow and try and convince the Raiders to do it. I don't know if they will, but it's definitely going to be one of the conversations that I think the Bears will likely look at because, look, we know the links with a Devontae Adams with the coaching staff, and we know the Bears are going to be looking for a guy. It just depends on what the Raiders think that they're going to do. Are they going full-on rebuild mode? Because maybe they thought, okay, we, we got to the playoffs last year. All we need is to get that number one receiver, and Carr can bring us to the next level. Well, currently, that clearly did not work. So is it the time for the Raiders to be like, should we now move on? There was rumors of Darren Waller getting moved in in the middle of the year as well. So he could be one that gets traded too. So if they are going full on rebuild, is there going to be much point in them having a guy like a Devontae Adams who's in the middle of his prime and then trade up for a quarterback where you're giving away all your capital. I don't know. I think the Raiders are definitely going to become a a destination for a team to where if they do trade up, that they could be one that are looking for a quarterback. Will they be involved in trying to get a guy like I think one of the lads in the chat has said for a Brady if he doesn't go, um, or if he does if he does leave Tampa Bay? This is going to be a very interesting story because if they get multiple first round picks for Derek Carr and if it's with a team that's in that top 10 I bet you the Bears are going to be calling the Raiders or vice versa to try and get a deal done there even if it involves Devontae Adams or if it doesn't yeah firstly Tom Brady's not going to the the Raiders um Tom Brady will go to the 49ers that's that's uh my guess on that situation he'll somehow get his get his move back to his his team but but talking about Devontae Adams there's a few reasons why this would work. Now, looking at Spotrack, and you're looking at the contract details of what he's on just now. So his cap hit this year is for, for next year rather is 14 million. For the year after, it's 25 million, and then for 2025 and 2026, it's 44 million per year. Right now, that sounds like a lot, and it is right. But hypothetically speaking, if the Raiders were to trade 
uh, Devontae Adams uh, during the draft or before the draft or whatever. They'd save themselves $31 million in cap space this year. They would only have $60 million in dead cap, which isn't terrible considering what they uh, what they were, were paying for them this year. Um, so the Bears would then take on a cap hit this next season of $14 million. The cap hit of 2024 of only $25 million. And then, yes, at that point, you've got the $44 million for the, the next two years. However, there is an out in the contract at that point where you could cut them with a post-June the 1st um, uh, definition, and it would only work out being $50 million in dead cap for the Bears in 2025 um, if, it, if it was post-June 1st. So really, it all it works out very well. And if you're looking at the situation in terms of he's 30 years old, so he's sort of in his prime just now. If the Bears get him just now and keep him for 2023 and 2024, um, you're looking at a guy who's going to make a major contribution to your team still. Um, you're looking at a cap hit that's very manageable for the Bears. Um, and you're looking also at a situation where you don't necessarily have to give up a lot to get him. Now, when I say that, I don't mean to say that you're giving up nothing for him. But if you're swapping the second overall pick for the ninth overall pick and you're picking up Adams, that in itself is, is, is a decent deal. And it gets all that contract off of the Raiders. They save themselves 30 million this year. They get another they get a higher first round pick and get their quarterback of the future. The Bears could actually meet, maybe even get some later round picks. With that first round swap, they can maybe pick up some some fourth or fifth round picks, or, or, or maybe later as well. So I think it's actually one of the more realistic trades that could happen, and it's also one of the the trades based on the way the contracts built up that could actually work for the Bears and give them that. Because we're looking at the situation here, we're talking about the Bears. Are they going to be contending next year? Absolutely. Are they going to win the Super Bowl next year? I doubt it. You know, I'll never say never. But you're looking at that 2024 run, okay? And you're still going to have Devontae Adams on your team at that time. He's still only going to be 32 years old. Um, so it, it, it absolutely works for the Bears, and it's not a huge gamble for them either. Um, so for me, this is out of all the options that we're going to talk about, this is my favourite option, and this is the option that I think, if I was given the opportunity to make that sort of deal, I would absolutely pull the trigger on it. Yeah, it's one of the interesting ones, I think, when we look at this because i always like to look at guys that have some sort of link to the organization here and look there's obviously links to the coaching staff especially on the offensive side of the football it's one of those that we have to look at these like these scenarios and see do they make sense i think if the raiders were going to stick with Derek carr i don't think there's a way in hell that you're going to be able to or make a realistic point of the bears trading for a guy like Devontae adams but i think just because it looks like they're resetting what they're what they want to do. I don't think they're happy with whatever changes that they made this year. And the crazy thing is, the Raiders really haven't been that good this year. But Devonte Adams has still been pretty good every single game, and that's one of the kind of crazy things. Like he is just an elite receiver. It would also be even more sweet to see him scoring touchdowns against Green Bay. That would be that would be very, very nice. Um, I do think that this is a realistic option because when we look at where the Raiders are picking, it makes sense in that 
kind of vein because I don't think the Bears want to move back too far. I think the Raiders may have to do this if, let's say they don't go for a veteran quarterback and they are trying to move up for someone. Like I said, if the Bears have the number one or number two pick in the draft, this is especially true if they have the number one pick of the draft because then whoever's trading up gets whoever they want. And and that's why when I look at no, number one and number two and I see people saying online that, well, number one and number two, like realistically you want number two because normally teams don't trade up for the number one pick. But I completely disagree because most teams that have the number one pick don't have the quarterback. So that's why they don't trade out of that spot. But when you have a, a draft where you can probably be fairly sure of the top two guys, you'd want to be the number one pick of the draft. So then you know you can get the guy that you want. So let's say the Raiders do really like, let's say Bryce Young. And it means that they can go up and get that and reset what they'll what they'll do. They don't need to have Devontae Adams because again, they have five years under a rookie contract. And they and that's really gonna be the important step for them. Now their issue could be is if they don't try and if they don't add in a guy like Devontae Adams, you're likely gonna have to put in multiple first round picks because there's probably going to be four or five teams that are looking to move up for one of CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. And I just think that if you know there's a team that has the number one overall pick and they aren't looking for a quarterback, but the num- the team that's at number two is looking for a quarterback, you have no choice but to move up for the number one pick. And that's that's the situation that the Bears are looking at right now that if the Houston Texans win more and more game, the Bears don't win any of their last two, they will end up with the number one pick of the draft in a draft where it is a kind of what people are expecting, QB QB1 and QB2 to go 1-2, and you not need a quarterback that you can pretty much go back. And there's going to be a multitude of teams because we see a lot of these teams in the top 10, they need quarterbacks this year. In previous years, that hasn't been the case or usually you're in a good situation when the previous year has been a bad quarterback draft, which clearly last year was teams are going to have to move up because they basically gone a year without being able to improve at the quarterback position. So it's a really good position for the bears to be in. If they find themselves with that number one pick. And if they do, they pretty much get to set the market because there will be teams that will be calling them to move up because there will be teams that will be that desperate to get their guy. And I think this is one that is very, very likely. I think to move on to someone else that is going to be very, very likely that's in the same vein, in the same range as the Las Vegas Raiders will be the Indianapolis Colts. Now, since Chris Ballard has been there, they have gone for veteran quarterback and it has not worked. His first head coaching hire has been fired. They, since, I think it's since they went up by 30 points to the Vikings, they have been outscored by about 50 points since. They look like an embarrassment and really it shows what happens when you don't have a quarterback. They have a top 10 pick. They haven't used Michael Pittman Jr. to the extent that you would expect him to be used this year. Now, that's generally due to the not having a proper quarterback this year. So are they going to be in a similar situation where if they know there's going to be other teams that are willing to trade up, 
is it going to be where, well, instead of trading two first round picks and giving up a first round pick next year, is it just that they will trade their first round pick this year, which could be the number six overall, which means the Bears could essentially almost get the same guy that they're looking for anyway. But you can also add in another receiver who's still in his rookie deal for, I, I think this is only Pittman's third year in the league. So realistically, yeah. you would still have Pittman under contract for another two seasons or an, a one season. And I, th- I think it's one because was he a second round pick? So he wouldn't have He's a second round pick, yeah. Yeah, so you'd have him for another year after. Well, so you would have him for next year as well. Um, and again, that brings up some more issues in terms of contracts and stuff. But you can kind of get to get to that point. But again, it's bringing it if he is an option there. They're in the top ten. They'll be looking to move up. I think I can't imagine they're going to go veteran quarterback again. And Chris Ballard take another another risk with somebody that they're not entirely sure of. So I think the Colts are definitely one of those realistic chances where you're not moving too far back, but also they have someone there that you want. I know people have mentioned kind of guys like Quentin Nelson and DeVaris Buckner, but there is a very real possibility that this is a way to get another very, very good receiver on this roster. Yes. I mean, the first thing I would say there is um, teams – like to build out build from the line out and if they have a defensive lineman and they have an offensive lineman who are you know surefire you know starters pro ball caliber type players they're going to want to keep a hold of them versus maybe looking at a wide receiver that they haven't had as much out of as they probably could have and a lot of that as you say is to do with the fact the quarterback play has not been great um but they might look at a situation and say you know i'm more willing to give up you know, the likes of Michael Pittman versus versus one of the other guys. Um, so I think, firstly, that's probably still more realistic than than, than a lineman uh, or a pass rusher. Um, in terms of Pittman himself, I mean, th- this is a situation, this is a great thing for the Bears, and you said it there, is that where we are just now, and we're talk- a lot of these teams we're going to be talking about need quarterbacks, okay? Um, where we are just now, if they, if they trade up, we swap first-round picks, get... A number one quality receiver that they're willing to give up in, in, in terms of rebuilding because they are a lot of these teams are rebuilding then it's it's, it's a, just a fantastic way of staying in the in the top sort of 10 if we're talking about the the raiders we're talking about the Colts. what are they slated to pick fifth at the moment you know so you're only really dropping down what three spaces um picking up a first round uh caliber wide receiver and You'd imagine you'd maybe even pick up some some late round picks as well as well. And yeah. to be honest with you, for me personally, I'm sort of getting aboard aboard the trade back train anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we're not trading too far back, um, because you're still going to get a top quality player inside the top ten of the draft this year, whilst picking up maybe second rounders or whatever, maybe maybe even future first rounders, depending on how far you go back. So there's, there's, there's so much flexibility from being in this number two position and being able to pick up these players is one of these advantages. And I think Pittman as well, like, I think last year he broke the 1,000 mark, 1,000-yard uh, mark in re- receiving yards. This year he's, he's, he's still a bit below there. Um, but that's not a reflection on him not being the, the number one quality type of re- receiver. It's more of a reflection on, as you mentioned, the quarterback play and what he's had to work with. 
Um, everybody sees Justin Fields for what he is, and these players know what Justin Fields is capable of. And that's the other thing, because people want to come and play with Justin Fields. That's another big pull for these guys as well. Also, if we're looking, you mentioned it as well, Pittman, he doesn't, his contract doesn't run out to next year. You then get your situation where you can get him on a contract that's that works for you. You know, front load it, get get re-sign him as soon as he comes over, get him on another four-year deal as soon as he comes over, front load it, make it work for you. Um, and as I say, you with the front loading of it, it means that the this year where you've got all that cap space, that can take the major brunt and then it can kind of lessen as you go along. I like Pittman, I think he's a really, really good um option. I don't know how I feel about him being out of all the options we have here. He's not my first choice, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I think he's good, um, but I don't know. I just, I just, I don't think it's, it's not the blockbuster trade that you're 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 thinking of in terms of. For all his his numbers aren't great, and we know why that is. At the same time, he's not for me in the same echelon as as the likes of Devontae Adams, etc. The thing that I will say. And we'll get a good judge of this as we get closer into kind of the draft cycle. A lot of this could depend on how these quarterbacks get hyped up. Because we look, we expect that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will be selected within the top three, right? Now, let's say right now the Colts have the number five overall pick. So if they don't win another game, that's where they're slated because Atlanta are currently with six, but they have five wins. Indy has four wins right now. I can't really see Indy winning another game. And realistically, that could help the Bears because Houston have to play against Indy. So if Houston were to beat Indy, that could actually push the Bears to number one and Indy stay at five. So let's, let me just drive this scenario. And you can take the Devontae Adams one that we spoke about as well and also the one that we spoke about with T. Higgins. Now, if I if we go into this draft cycle and then suddenly Will Levis gets kind of that recognition that some people are giving him, and let's say another team trades up within that top five that's not with Indy for Will Levis, then you have a situation where you could end up trading back to number five, getting Pittman, who is a very, very good receiver, probably getting a, a top five pick in the second round. And if a team trades up for Will Levis, seeing three quarterbacks go in the top five and you still getting one of Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter. <laughs> so you could end up getting one of the best two players in the draft, getting another top three kind of wide receiver amongst your ranks to where I think if you have Pittman, Claypool and Mooney, you're in a very, very good situation. Getting a top five pick in the second round, which I think the Bears are going to try and look for because they traded back with that Claypool deal. I think no matter what trade that they do within that top 10, if it's in the top 10, they're going to look for a second round pick because they're going to want to be at the top of the second round there. And you could like viably end up with one of the best two players in the draft that you could have picked at number one. So there is a scenario where the value there actually outweighs any of the other deals that you may be able to make because you're still getting the guy that you may have picked that one you could be getting a 
if not a number one receiver right now, definitely a number two type. And if you have three number two receivers on your team, your team's going to be pretty good in terms of the wide receiver ranks and you can add in depth there and then just draft guys and maybe somebody gets to that point. That's what Pittsburgh have done over the years. They've never really had a number one out and out receiver. They've always had these number two guys, but they've always been pretty damn good. Um, so that that is one situation that does go through my head when I see it where I'm like, there is a chance that you could move back there and you still get whoever you were going to draft at number one. Yeah, and sure, like that that still leads to a situation. We're talking about the Bears next year putting the foundation pieces in place for a proper run at the Super Bowl in 2024, right? So if you have three second-round caliber uh, wide receivers, uh, or number two uh, receivers, rather, um, but you've then beefed up your offensive line, you're going to see a huge difference in production. If you had actually, if you had a decent offensive line, full offensive line this year, you would see better production on the field from your wide receivers. But you're not seeing that because Justin Fields hasn't been able to give, get enough time in the pocket. He's constantly having to escape out. Um, you know, and, and the Russians been great. You know, we've got you know another record in place and all that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. But that. That's not what you want from Justin Fields because he's not that type of quarterback. He's a pocket passer. And you've seen the deep balls that he can throw. Now, if he's given enough time, he's kept on his feet, you would see better production from Darnell Mooney. You'd see it from Chase Claypool eventually when he start, He knows the offense. You'd see it from the likes of St. Brown and Pettis and guys like that as well. You know, there's a lot of situations where this team would have won games had they had a better offensive line in place and not having to just rely on the rush. And that's why the Bears are the number one rushing offense in the league, because that's what we've had to do this year. So if you're in a situation where you can still trade back to five or six or whatever it is, pick up another number two, and then also get maybe an offensive lineman or you get one of the top guys in the draft, like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, great, because you've got to assume that in free agency, and in second round, et cetera, we're looking at interior offensive linemen. We're looking at right tackle as well. And, you know, everything's going to come together towards making that push to getting eight, nine wins next year. And as I say, laying those foundations for what's going to come the next year. And then next offseason, go in with a decent first round pick again, plus whatever first round picks you pick up, maybe with trading back at points, um, and pick up your number one of the future who's going to add to that room that's full of three number twos. And maybe even you look at the likes of Chase Claypool stepping up, being that number one as well, giving you a headache, having two number ones in your team. You know, there's a scenario here where it all could work out very well. But what Bears fans need to understand is it's long term. It's not going to happen next year. It's going to be it's going to be two years in the making for this team for me to be a major contender. They're not going to be get there quite next year. I think they'll get to the playoffs. I think they might be a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to make any sort of deep run or anything like that. You know, they might do. You never know. But I just don't feel it's going to happen. The foundations are being laid just now. So this could all work out very well and we could see really, really increased production even with just having three number two receivers as opposed to two. 
Yeah, and I think it is an important one. Like, there's a there's a couple of comments here that I wanted to go through. Uh, so I'd rather sign Michael Harmon and um, from the Chiefs than giving up draft capital in the trade. I I understand the kind of points, but you're technically not giving up draft capital. It's it's more of that if there's teams that are going to be bidding for your number one overall pick is actually instead of going for a future two or a future one that you're actually getting someone that realistically you would probably spend that draft capital on anyway. So it could make sense. And and this is why I think the Raiders one does actually make a lot of sense, right? Like if they want to go up and get their quarterback for the future, they probably they're then not, not on the same timeline for Devontae Adams. So maybe what they do is that they include him in a trade. You still get that top 10 pick. You could get maybe their top 10 pick in the second round and a number one receiver. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. If you use it for the Indianapolis Colts, you're looking at it as kind of, <laughs> for, for them anyway, it's one of those where you're looking at possibly still getting a top five pick a top five pick in the second round as well, and a a very good receiver. So those are kind of the situations that we have there. To go to another team that is in the top five, which I don't particularly think this is very likely because I can't see them moving up for a quarterback because they have Kyler Murray, but obviously they have a very, very, very good wide receiver. But the production hasn't been there over the last kind of two years. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's one a lot of people have spoken about. He's a little bit on the older side, but still an elite level receiver. Are they ready to move on from him? And But that's one where you would have to give up draft capital for, and you're probably, because you're not probably not including that in the trade back in the draft. So he's one that is, I know a couple of Bears fans have, have mentioned what I really like. DeAndre Hopkins, I wouldn't be quite as sold on it just because I don't think it's on the same timeline as this team and as Justin Fields. But if they went out and they were able to trade like a mid-round pick or a future pick for him, I don't think I would be mad. But I think I still would prefer some of the other options that we've spoken about. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's going to be about 31 uh, by the time the new season starts. Um, so really, he's only a year older than Devontae Adams. Um, so for me, it's not the age thing doesn't bother me too much because again, you're looking at a two-year timeline here for me for a Super Bowl run. Okay, so we still got him at 32 years old. He's still going to be productive, I think, uh, based on the type of player he is. Same thing is as because of that age, as you say, it'll be a cheaper deal, right? So you're not talking about swapping first-round picks with 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 the Cardinals or anything like that. You can still stay. At, uh, number two overall and trade something in the sort of mid-rounds or a couple of mid-round picks or maybe there's a player swap to be had there. I don't know. It depends what, what they're sort of looking at. But the Cardinals are probably going to have a sort of new front office. There's going to be a few changes coming with them as well. Um, you know, whether or not Cliff Kingsbury sticks around, I don't know. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions over that team um, and there could be a situation where they're sort of not starting over but you know, looking to rip some things out and 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 go a bit younger, um, based on sort of where they are, and and I think that could be a situation where the Bears go well. You know, thirty-one year old wide receiver, um, we could absolutely, um, you know, offer maybe like a third third rounder or something like that, a couple of third rounders, 
um, and and get the deal over the line. I don't know what Hopkins is on contract wise. Um, again, I don't think it makes a huge difference anyway because of the money we've got to spend. But again, you don't want to be then in a situation where if if it's backloaded or whatever, um, you know, having to cut them a year or two down the line, um, and and kind of having a lot of dead cap on your your hands again at that point as well. So, I like DeAndre Hopkins, um, and I think he would make an impact on the team. But I know what you mean that extra year does make a difference, doesn't it, from the Devontae Adams situation? And I don't know why it shouldn't make a difference yeah. because as you say, he's only thirty one, you know, he's younger than me. But uh, you know, it's it's there's just something there that says to me, DeAndre Hopkins is sort of the past, and we need to be looking at the future a bit. But then that uh, totally goes against what I'm saying about the, Devontae Adams. I, so. I, personally, I think the reason why I'm more hesitant on it is I think you're giving up stuff for Hopkins, while if you're moving back for Devontae Adams, you're probably not actually losing anything. Because you're still going because you would hope to do that as kind of debut bidding against other teams, and you're not really losing out on on anything there. So I think that's the one. Like I said, I wouldn't be mad if the Bears went for it because Hopkins is a very very good receiver, an elite level receiver is a number one. My biggest question is like why why hasn't not worked at Arizona? I know it's a crap show in Arizona right now, the coaching, everybody is turning on each other. You would just think that there would be more offensive production with a guy like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And the fact that there hasn't been, I don't know, is it to do with maybe the suspension is something that kind of caused the, I guess, a bit of difficulty between those two and building chemistry? Possibly. Um, I just look at the last couple of years who would I prefer if you had the choice of DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams? Well, one, Devontae Adams, because he's played in the same offense. He knows the terminology, and I think he's kind of the guy that really the Bears are kind of looking for. Look, Hopkins is an elite-level receiver that you have to be happy with. Um, I wanted to just... Sign a deal in, did he only sign a contract a couple of, couple of years ago? In fact, this year as well, ago. was it not? Um, I will because I'm just looking at Spotrack just now, and he's got a 30 million dollar cap hit in 2023, and it's 26 million in 2024. Um, he signed a two year deal worth 54 and a half million, half yeah. million with the Cardinals. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, like at the end, and the signing bonus was 27 and a half. I don't like to be to be fair. He's obviously got any, it's more than the, it must be more than this because they're saying the guarantees are higher than the total contract. So he must have had some extra years that were on a previous contract that are adding into yeah, it. And um, yeah. so, I, like, I don't think that that's a very likely scenario unless the Cardinals are like, we just can't do any of it. We can't do this. He's a free agent in twenty twenty five. So yeah, look, he's definitely one that I think will be under consideration if the Cardinals. Are willing to get rid of them i don't know if they will if they get a new coaching staff in i doubt they're gonna want to get rid of deandre hopkins but look it is a it is an opportunity there and um, tanner gives us a super chat worth five dollars we appreciate that merry christmas to you and uh hopefully everybody has a good new year as well and the way the stars in both the media and the league are praising fields leadership and athleticism will make us a top free agent destination with a hot top five pick completely agree um we've kind of mentioned that i think feels 
you see kind of the talk about him around the league and it's very obvious um what what teams do think of him and what players think of him and you are going to see guys that will want to come here and play in a similar offense so that is going to be part of it as well i don't think you're going to see some of these big name receivers say i don't want to go to chicago i think it's going to be the opposite now with justin because pretty much every single week we're seeing somebody say it like i think it was josh allen this week said it before that it was von miller and Jalen Hurts was saying that there's it's pretty much every single week now that somebody is coming out saying how good Justin is as a quarterback and that the fans should be very, very excited. Um so yeah, I think that's that's a, a lot to look forward to. Um I will go through the comments here as well. So um Nomad says all the guy does is make plays, completely agree. Adam says, I love the idea of trading down within the top ten, hopefully future first to draft Harrison. Look, the one thing I want to get through to people is this whole thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. Is he looks really, really good now, but we were all saying the same thing about Jackson Smith and Jigba last year. Like From one year to the next, things can change. So don't just want future first-round picks for a receiver that you like right now that could come out next year because in a year's time, something can change where he's not going to be this kind of top 10 pick that everybody knows that he would be this year because it can change right like what happens if a so Keishon Booty who went back to LSU if he has the big year next year everybody's going to be going in for him so look I think people need to calm down a little bit like if he has another year like he had this year he will be a top 10 pick but what happens if the same thing happened to Smith and Jigba where he gets an injury or he's out all year are people then going to say, oh, well, he's injury prone, so he's not a top 10 pick? Because this is what we were talking about last year on our shows with Jackson Smith and Jake, but when we were talking about Chris Olave and when we were talking about Garrett Wilson, like we had guys on here from that cover Ohio State and they were talking about how good Smith and Jigba was. And yet now everybody is saying he's the bottom of the first round. So like you got to be careful with that sort of stuff when it comes into the next year's. Uh, and he mentions and drafting Miles Murphy this year. Um, I really like Miles Murphy. Um, again, I think you look at a guy like Trevon Walker that went number one overall last year. And really, Miles Murphy is a more refined pass rusher than kind of Trevon Walker was. And yet, it's just the years that they're coming out that he doesn't have an opportunity to be really a top three pick because there's so many other really, really good prospects in this current draft where if he was coming out last year, he's probably a top three pick. So again, people are down on Miles Murphy because they see the allure of Will Anderson Jr. They see the allure of Jalen Carter. There's two quarterbacks that are going to go in the top three. Dude is a beast and he's going to be a very good pro. So I think that is definitely someone to watch out for if they do trade down. Um, Let's see. We have, if you pay Adams 44 mil per year or Hopkins, 30 to 26 mil per year. How do you extend Claypool and Mooney? Um, most likely, if you made a trade for any of these guys, you would be restructuring their contract or giving them a different contract. And um, again, with the amount of money that they have this year, they could put a heavy amount of the guarantees in the first two years of their deals and they could pay them. And then later on, when you expect to be paying Justin Fields, is when the guarantees actually are more reduced or the cap hits reduced there's a way about it and the fact that they have over 120 million in cap space if they did make those deals they could restructure it to where they're paying them a bunch this year and it looks at the 
at the le- at the top level of it, it'll look ugly, right? Paying sixty million or fifty and fifty five plus million in cap space to three receivers, but you could be doing that knowing that it doesn't matter against this year's cap, and then actually it makes it a little bit easier moving forward. It's definitely an option that the Bears could end up doing. Here's um, the other thing, though, like talk, talking about Darnell Mooney, there's no guarantee Darnell Mooney's getting an extension anyway, because, and it's nothing against Darnell Mooney, but he's not this regime's pick. He's not not one of their players. They've inherited them. They've went out and spent a draft draft money, a draft capital on Chase Claypool, who is their guy, sort of thing. So if they, if hypothetically speaking, they were to make a big trade for a, a one, number one receiver overall. You'd likely see, and I mentioned this the other day, Chase Claypool gets his extension this offseason. They bring in their new guy on whatever deal and restructure that and maybe let Darnell Mooney play out and see what happens. Um, that That's my thoughts on it, just because he's not their guy. Um, but that's only, as I say, if they, they, they make a big trade and end up taking up a lot of cap for for a new wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's there's a lot of things that could happen here. Um it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see there's going to be players that we're not expecting that are going to hit the the open market here, whether that be on the trade market or if guys get released. Um the Bears are going to be interested in like we we're talking about all this here today, but at the same time, you hear a guy like Laramie Tunsil coming out saying that he wants to reset the offensive tackle market, and in what position does he start to kind of pipe up? And there's going to be other ones around in terms of this wide receiver market, but these are the most realistic guys. And we move on to the last one where everybody's been talking about this really since the beginning of, or the middle of the season when we saw that Matt Rule got fired by the Carolina Panthers. Um, DJ Moore, he's another top receiver, one that a lot of teams called about in the middle of the season. Carolina Panthers said they were not going to trade him. But again, if the Panthers want to move up in the draft, they want to try and get to number one or number two and get a quarterback because we know very clearly they need a quarterback because that's their biggest problem and they're never going to improve unless they have one it might end up having to be a point of where they may end up having to trade DJ Moore to get to that point. And I guess to ask you, look, DJ Moore is clearly a number one, like a number one receiver type. He makes plays every single week when he has that opportunity. But when we look at this and compare it to some of the other situations here, what's your opinion of a guy like DJ Moore? Is he one that would be at the top of your list or are you still more inclined to, prefer a trade for a Devante Adams type? Um, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I do like DJ Moore, and, and I think you're spot on when you say that he's a a number one type of guy. Um, I think he can come in and make this defense a lot more sort of dynamic, sorry, offense than it is, more dynamic than it is at the moment. Um, I don't know how likely it is that they trade them. Now, I know, obviously, they're looking for a new quarterback, but they've just traded away a couple of players as well. Um, I think, is Moore not only just signed a deal not long ago as well? I don't I don't, I don't, don't know the exact... Uh, that may be wrong. I, um, but I think there's a lot of dead cap if they trade them as well, is, is the other thing to consider. Um, he did. He signed, a, at, 
He signed a three-year, $61 million contract, um, which includes a $19.5 million signing bonus. $41 million of that is guaranteed. So, yeah, he, he did sign that. So how much of that is left? When did he sign that deal? He only signed, he signed it in 2022 so yeah pretty pretty yeah. recently so but for me just just with that that re-signing there it just tells me that, that i don't think they'll, they'll they'll move on from them just yet mm-hmm. um i think if they're going to look to bring in i think they're maybe even looking at the situation and thinking they can maybe still get the quarterback of the future um at, they're sitting at eight seven and eight just now you know they could yeah. maybe get him they could even trade up and, and willing to give up draft capital instead and still keep DJ Moore, because as you said, the number one receivers don't grow on trees. Um, so again, for all I think he would be fantastic. Um, I just see this as a less likely scenario compared to the other a couple of other ones we've spoken about. Because I think that the Panthers like him, and I think they want to have that re- reliability for a young quarterback who's going to be there next year. Um, or you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll get a quarterback from somebody else. I don't know, but. I would imagine they probably look to bring in a rookie um, and they want to have a surefire go-to receiver for him. Um, so that's why you would keep the likes of him around. Um, so for me, for all, it would be great. I just I just don't see this one as a goer at all. Um, it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense with a new contract that's just been made. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I know a lot of people link him to different teams now because of the kind of crap show that's going on in Carolina, but I think they're probably going to keep a hold of them. They only signed that deal this year. So I doubt like, why would they do it? Right. I, I, I don't get that one. I understand the Devante Adams one because those don't link up in terms of timelines. If they were completely resetting it now, it could be different, right? Like what well, if it turns out that the Las Vegas Raiders, just try and link up Jimmy Garoppolo with, with them in the offseason. Okay, well, then that changes things. That's where they would then just have Devontae and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I wouldn't understand then trading Derek Carr because Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. So the only thing that makes sense is if they're trading Derek Carr, they're doing it to get more draft capital to be able to move up. Um, and that's, that's all I could see that one as. And that's why I think Devontae Adams is – if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, is he a realistic possibility? I would have laughed at you, but right now it, it makes sense on both sides. It makes sense for the Raiders to be able to reset, to get whatever quarterback that they want. If the bears get to number one, but also not have to pay Devonte and the bears get their number one receiver that they're looking for. That would already be locked up because he was in a contract. If they wanted to, they could restructure it to where they give him more money early on. And that goes to the question of why would they restructure their contract? They would restructure their contract because they could possibly get paid more money right now than they would have. And if they're in their 30s, that's what they would prefer. Get paid while you can still play. Um, yeah, because so we're, we're, just... looking at, we're looking at that, that comment there about being in the 30s. So we're not talking about guys that are 38, 39 years old here. We're talking about guys that are 30 and 31. You know, they're still going to play for the next two, three, four years, and they're still going to be highly productive based on the type of players that we know they are for at least the next two seasons. So therefore, it doesn't not make sense for the Bears to say, well, do you know what? If we're going to get high quality 
production from you over the next two seasons, then I'm absolutely happy to pay that money over the next two seasons and then have it trickle off towards the end of the contract. And then you've got an out at that point as well. Give the guaranteed money in the first two years, all that sort of stuff, you know, make it work that way. So I understand what you're saying, J2K, but at the same time, um, you know, we're talking about guys that are young men in their prime who can still make a huge contribution to any team that they walk onto. Yeah, exactly. And look, those are the different options in terms of the wide receiver targets. And I guess the last thing that I wanted to talk about here, just as it pertains to wide receivers, is as we are talking about the offseason, I was going through this in my head this week, and I actually, I know some people disagree, but I would prefer this to happen. Um, is I actually think it's very likely that, let's say there is no trade that happens with the Bears with a wide receiver, that they extend both Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool for the reasons that we mentioned that it's a sunk cost what you've paid for Chase Claypool now, regardless of if he balls out next year or if he's average next year. The one thing that I wouldn't want to do is let one of these guys hit free agency because once that happens, the price goes up. Now, if you have given away a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, you've already been sold on the receiver that he is and that you're happy with who he is. If you're extending Darnell Mooney, it means that you know kind of what he is, what he means to the team. And I'm going this based on the Bears knowing what they have in these guys because, again, if you trade a prime draft pick for one of them, you've got to be fairly confident that you were going to extend them. And I think I would prefer to do it to where you can, like like I said, front load it into two years where you have a lot of cap space before Justin Fields' contract is up and you have to pay him the big money. I'd rather get most of the guarantees out of the way or the big cap hits out of the way with guys that you feel confident with. If you are unable to get one of these receivers in terms of a trade, Let's say you don't end up getting spending much in free agency. I know there's not many guys right now, but there could be. And um, when it hit, when it comes around to free agency, if you don't draft a guy in the early rounds, really, I I I do think that it's one of those that it makes sense that if you did want to extend these guys now just to get some of those guarantees out of the way because you believe in both guys. It actually does make a little bit of sense. I know you said on our previous show, Tony, that you think that Chase Claypool will get a contract extension in this offseason. So I guess I wanted to ask you a little bit about that and why you believe that is the case. Yeah, I'm a little, you know, if you, you have to look at the situation in terms of what, what happened with the trade for Claypool and we gave up effectively a top pick in the second round um you know so it's, it's a lot for the bears to give up and not want to extend him before he hits free agency i don't think that they're going to have they're going to sit about and wait to see how good he gets because end of the day if they don't they don't re-sign him then this trade looks fucking ridiculous yeah Do you know what i mean like you just why would you give this up for a guy who you're not going to extend you're just going to, going to let that free free agency at the end of next year so for me, I think that's one of the first things they do in the offseason is get Chase Claypool on a new deal and on a deal that's team-friendly because the production's not been there this season um, like it has been, in, for example, the first year he was in the league. 
um, you know, so you're you're going to be able to like put them on a contract which reflects that, but at the same time, hopefully knowing that that type of player can produce more and at a higher level and will do when he settles into the offense, learns the scheme, learns to to work with with Justin Fields, and we've got a better offensive line protecting Justin Fields to allow him to make those sorts of um, throws. So yeah, for me that it just is a no brainer that that's what's going to happen. Chase Claypool, um, the Darnell Mooney one. I don't know. There's just something that, again, and it just goes back to this thing where I'm not being their player. I don't think that's a surefire. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how things develop. Um, but do you know what? Like we're talking about these players, and they may or may not get traded. Um, but no one thought AJ Brown was was going to get traded. Um, you know when he did. You know the Eagles gave up an 18th, the 18th overall pick for him. Um, and and it's one of those situations where. Anything can happen in the NFL. The offseason gets crazy. And as you say, there's so many quarterback needy teams. There are teams that are just, you know, they need one more thing to push them over the line and they're willing to make swaps. And so this thing could go either way. But um, I think if the Bears get themselves where Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are their number two and number three, and you've got a number one in there, that's a great offensive set up there wide receiver yeah you know we've talked about Cole Komet coming into his own now as well um I think they'll probably go back into the market and try and get someone to complement him a bit more in terms of a second receiving threat um and then you've got you've you've then got also the makings of a good sort of depth of the wide receiver just now as well now I'm not saying guys like Dante Pettis and Equinemius St. Brown are great players because they're not but they're really good depth players and they're guys that can play a role in this offense if you've got better players ahead of them to rely on in the big moments. Um, so the Bears are sort of building that depth just now. We've talked about them doing it with the offensive line. You know, they've really padded out in terms of the draft picks that they've made um, trying to produce that quality in there and, and guys that are going to come along after you know two or three years of training with the Bears maybe eventually becoming starters. But at the moment, you've still got a situation where you've got good potential and depth there. Um, so you've got to build that throughout your team. You can't just have, you know, great players and then nothing after it. You have you have to build the foundations, and that's that's what Poles is doing. Off season, just he, just there, and the off season that's going to happen in the next few months. This is this is phase two of that. You know, we've we've got the groundwork, we've broke ground on the Bears, and now we're going to start putting in the ground floor. You know, and 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 seeing this thing kind of to to go, and and your man Justin Fields, he's the foreman. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to stop using building analogies because it's just getting <laughs> ridiculous. But you get the point I'm trying to make. Like, um, and Chase Claypool for me though, he's definitely coming getting a new deal this off season. There's no no two ways about it. Yeah, the thing about Claypool is, like, I've always been a fan of his, even coming into the league. I think the people that are saying, wait, you don't need to make a decision now. I'm like, well, you've made your decision. You made the trade, right? Like, you've already given up the draft capital, which, as we know, is if you get the number one overall pick this year, is essentially a first-round pick because it would be the number two, it would be the number 32 overall pick because the Dolphins ended up having to, like, forfeit their first-round pick this year. So you've already done that. So you've made your decision, right? Like, 
that's where I don't understand when people are saying, oh, you don't need to make your decision now. You've already made your decision. You made the trade. That's basically you saying that we prefer Chase Claypool than a free agent wide receiver this year. Now, there's guys that I like in the second and third round of this draft that I think can be productive players and can be involved here. And if you've got Chase Claypool, you have Darnell Mooney, if you added one or two more guys, and that's why I do like the trade-down option for the Bears, even if it doesn't include one of these wide receivers. Because I was just watching a couple of guys over the last couple of days as well. Like, I think it's the kid from Iowa State, um, Xavier Hutchinson. I, If anybody hasn't seen this, go to this year, watch the game against Texas, and just watch him. He is beating guys with his route running. He's beating guys with his athleticism. He's beating guys with his first step. He's a good hand fighter. There's guys like that that are going to be second and third round picks that make a lot of sense. Like Rasheed Rice as well from SMU. Really, really good. That's where I don't like to only concentrate on guys like Quentin Johnson, where everybody's talking about him because he is this like physical freak that has suddenly gone off draft boards. Like when I look at those first round wide receivers, I still say Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best one because he is the best route running in the class. If he is not, if he can get over his injury issues, if he gets cleared medically, he is the best player or the best wide receiver in this draft class. So if you do trade back to where you do get two first round picks, I'd be fine with the Bears going in that direction too. But in terms of for if you're trading up for like a number one kind of wide receiver, I think that there are definitely options here. Yeah, I, I agree with this. When Claypool is healthy and knows the playbook, there's going to be zero doubts that Paul made the right move. And the thing is, Claypool, we spoke about it mid-year, Tony. We said that he would be kind of the number one option, but we thought that there was just going to be too it was going to be it was going to be too expensive. And it was expensive. It was, it's a high second round pick. But again, they made that decision. We didn't think that they would make a decision like that. We didn't think they would trade a their second round pick for a receiver but the minute they did that they showed that that was the guy that they wanted that was the guy they were going moving forward and in my opinion if that's it and if you believe in Darnell Mooney if you believe in Chase Claypool I think you have no option but to extend them this year because you have all the money in the world this year you can extend these guys now not have to worry about it going forward if they have like there's two ways that this can go about, right? You can extend them. If you put a lot of their guarantees into the first couple of years, like then the one thing that I would say is, okay, they could have a really mediocre year and okay, you're having to deal with some of these guarantees early into their career. But the thing is, if Chase Claypool was a free agent this year, I guarantee you 99% of Bears fans that talk to us about free agency would be saying Chase Claypool is the guy we need to go and get, just like how we're talking about Deron Payne, right? So you have him in the building. The The team's going to know him more than what we can see because, look, he's been injured. He is learning the playbook. If they see something in him, you may as well just get that deal done. I think that's one of that's one of it. Um, and, again, I'm going to go here and just bring to this one. Um, I, can guarantee, I can go back a year ago and just look at, what everybody was saying about Jackson Smith and Jigba. And look, I watched every single game from Ohio State and he was playing at the same level as some of the guys that were a year or two older than him going into the draft. End of the day, it's not only about speed. 
And I think that's one of the things that people make mistakes with that realistically the best way of looking at how successful will a receiver be from one level to the next is you need to know what are they able to do? What is their route running? Like, are they only beating guys in college because of their pure athleticism or are they able to use their brain? Are they able to change on the routes? It does every single route look the same, right? Because you want to make sure that you're able to change it up a little bit. So then the defender doesn't know what you're doing. But what my point is here is that people need to not just focus on the guys that we're currently talking about as a top 10 pick, right? Like we don't need to talk about Quinton Johnson as the only wide receiver in this draft that's worth anything because there's guys in the second round. There's guys in the third round. And yes, Nomad, you mentioned, I've already spoken about Rasheed Rice in, in the show here, that he is one of those options at the top of the second round. Josh Downs from North Carolina is another one that you can like, and we spoke about this guy as well, Marvin Mims. We've said this in some of our mock draft shows. And this is to my point, and this is not just about Jackson Smith and Jigba. What this is about is there's plenty of receivers here that if you don't make a trade for one of these guys, I don't think they're going to be your number one guy, but they can definitely be an option that improves this offense. And that's what you need to look out for. And that's what you're kind of looking for. And yeah, um, Parker Washington, I like him, Penn, Penn State wide receiver. I always look for guys that have a more polished route tree. They need to have some, they need to have athleticism if you're going to be able to succeed at the next level. But I don't like the guys that we talk about as just athletes at the wide receiver position because they're coming up against corners and against defenses that are the best that they would have come up against. And if they can only beat them with one thing, you're not going to be able to basically do anything in the league. And this I is one thing. Um, yeah, we're, go, go we're, ahead, Tony. No, I was going to say, we're, we're going to do a deep dive on these wide receivers that are coming out of the draft anyway. We're going to kind of look at the film. We're going to look at the guys that are in second, third, fourth round sort of uh, range and, and see where the Bears can pick up good value. And, you know, Matthew's asking a question here about a guy we picked up in the third round this year. Uh, Velas Jones Jr. Now, yeah. you know, looking at his tape coming out of college, personally, I thought he could make a good impact in this team. I thought it'd be handy um, in certain scenarios. He's not been used in that way. Um, maybe the Bears has a sort of different idea for him. Is there a path for him to being useful as part of the 2023 receiving core? For me, yes, there absolutely is. Um, I know I've been very critical of him this year, but to be fair, he's deserved it. Uh, rookie or not, um, he's, he's he's made a lot of sort of errors, drops, um, you know, not reading the field properly. There's a lot of different issues there. But again, we need to take into the fact, and, you know, I'm guilty of not admitting this, but he is, he's a he's a rookie, you know, and, and we do need to give him time to kind of settle in. We're giving uh, Chase Claypool time because he's just been traded mid-season. We're saying, oh, well, we need to wait until next year to see the best of him. Let's just assume the same thing with this guy from now. If it gets to next year and we still see the same problems, we don't see him being used, we don't see him blossom the way we think he should be blossoming, then fine, we can start to kind of say that this guy is is a total bust. But for me, I think you're looking at Velas Jones and you're thinking he's he has struggled when he's came in, but let's have a full off-season of practice. Let's have a full off-season of learning the scheme properly, 
working again. He's probably going to work in the offseason with Justin Fields. Justin Fields was apparently involved um, in the selection of wide receivers. He sat down with polls and looked at guys that he thought we, it would work and who he liked, and this is one of the guys. So, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be here next year, and it's going to be up to him to make his mark on the team. But it's also going to be up to Luke Getzey to use him how he should be getting used. I don't think that's been happening too much. Um, to be fair, he's not been given a lot of opportunity. But, you know, is that because they don't trust him? Or is that because he's not shown it in practice? We know that Eberflus is a big practice guy. If he don't show it in practice, he's not he's not going to play. You know, so is there a problem with the way that he trains? Is there something else going on there? Does he need to learn to be a professional? Because this, is, this isn't college anymore. You're getting paid a, a shit ton of money to go out there and not just play, but practice as well and show that you want to compete and you, you're not just going to be given a place in the team. So guys like this, I think, need to learn to be professionals and it doesn't come to everyone naturally. Justin Fields has seen it come to very naturally. Um, but he's had that limelight on him for for uh, you know years in college. He's effectively been a, a professional player, just ready to take the next step. Guys like Velas Jones Jr., not so much, you know, so guys, they need to learn their kids in the, the day. I know we're talking about being gramps, but he's still only what twenty three, you know, twenty four, something like that. 25. Is he? Is he, he twenty five? Right. Okay. So maybe he's not. <laughs> he that the point I'm trying to make is he's got he's got some time to get better here. Um, so yes, I think he will be on the team, and hopefully he'll make a bigger contribution than he has this year. Yeah. Look, it's I, I do think he can be part of this receiving core. The one thing that you that you kind of have to look at there is he just needs to start getting a little bit better. We saw some positive signs against Buffalo, but he really does need to be – I think he does need to get involved a little bit more. I want to see more from him in these last two games, but it's going to be up to him. He's going to have to produce because he had this year to kind of prove that he could be part of it, and he's made a lot of mistakes. And unfortunately, it means that there's going to be people that are – kind of against them um because when you do make those errors early on you're putting yourself as a prime candidate not to make the roster now the thing is they are going to give him every opportunity in the world to do so because he is a draft pick so he is going to get an opportunity next year but if the same mistakes happen if more fumbles happen they're not gonna be shy about getting rid of him and i don't to the point i don't think he can be a viable number three option with the way he's looking at the moment. Yeah. Can he be part of that core though? Yeah, of course he can. And maybe he can develop. Um, I, I've never been sold as him being an every down wide receiver, right? But in certain situations, you have to be able to use his speed. And that's one thing that he has shown that he does have. But again, he needs to learn how to protect the football. I think that's going to be the main thing there. A couple of other comments before we finish the show today. So, J2K, um, thanks for all the comments. He says, Cedric Tillman is a guy who I think combines size, speed, route running, and hands the best of anyone. If it wasn't for that injury and the emergence of Hyatt, who I like, Tillman would go much higher. I think there's still a lot of people that are positive on Tillman. Yes, I did see our friend Taco Charlton got released, and uh, they picked up a cornerback from the Broncos practice squad. Um, so yeah, that's going to be all the difference the here. Savior, the Bears. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As Eric says, number seven pick here we come. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, look, it it is. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, we will go through kind of the wide receivers. Maybe got we'll pick a couple of the guys from the first round, but we want to look at some of the guys all throughout the draft. So realistically, that will probably come in about maybe two or three weeks because we want to have a look at more of the guys and kind of jot down guys at different stages. Maybe some guys that right now people have going a little bit later that we think can move up. Guys maybe that people are saying are kind of first, second, third round picks that we're not as big fans of. We're going to do a pretty kind of wide-ranging video on the wide receivers in in the current draft class. But again, it, it can depend as well because there's going to be some of those guys that might not actually come out. So we, we have to we want to make sure that we're going to wait a little bit and um, before we actually release that video. Um, but we will be doing a video on kind of the wide receivers in the upcoming class because there's a lot of talk between different guys and a lot of people have different opinions. And some of the guys we've mentioned today will be in that video. Guys, like we said, I think it was like Hutchinson was one of the guys that was mentioned. We've uh, we've spoken about kind of Rasheed Rice. We've spoken about Josh Downs, some of the first round picks. Um, I think there was Parker Washington was mentioned. We'll look at it. If there's particular guys you want us to include in that video that we go through, make sure that you DM us over on Twitter or put it in the comments of the video um, so we can see it. So when we go through it, um, we will kind of put those guys in there as well because, again, we want to kind of talk about the guys that you guys want us to have a look at as well. Like I said, um, there's a couple of comments in here about some of the guys that we'll look at as well. So make sure that you do put those in. Make sure you do comment. Make sure you do like and subscribe. It's been a lot of fun talking about some of the options that the Bears may have in terms of improving the wide receiver core. Again, it could end up just being that they make one or two depth signings they draft the guy and they extend their own but it's definitely going to be a very interesting offseason for the offensive side of the football as well and um, we appreciate everybody joining us today getting your comments in again like i said if you have not subscribed already please do please like the video if you're watching this back on kind of record please do comment because it means more people get to see the video as well it's all with kind of youtube algorithms and stuff like that so make sure that you do uh, that you do that because again there'll be a lot of videos coming in now after kind of the new year on the bears as well as we kind of head to the end of the season here so everybody have a i hope you had a very nice christmas i hope you have a great new year we will be back probably a couple of days after the lions game to kind of break that down we will kind of then anticipate to that last game of the season against the minnesota vikings we will have some stuff on the draft next week we will have stuff on free agency as well, so make sure you stick with us. And until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear down.